Hello, ladies. The Big Balboski here. And right now, you're listening to the Matt Madness Podcast. They talking all of this madness. Talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, they talking all of this Hello everybody and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Ron Pashery. With me this, I'm sorry, I am your host, Ronald Pashery Jr. Please say to Jr. <laughs> With me uh, this I, week, oh go ahead, Alo. I'm glad you threw the Ronald in there this week. <laughs> yeah, I, I said it on Ronnie vs. the World and now I feel like I can't say Ju- Pashery Jr. without... Ronald, that's like burned in my head now. Uh, I am also with the birthday boy, Ek2Fly, Eric Trembicki. What up? I am with Preptagon Jr., Josh Prepigina. And with Mr. Wednesday Night Live, as you already heard, uh, we call him Alo. The ladies call him Balo, Aaron Lloyd. I call him my best friend. You do. That is true. <laughs> All members, of, all members of the ALO club. <laughs> yeah, yeah a lot, pending lawsuit against Vince McMahon for stealing. Oh, we got a lot of and oh, don't forget ALO yoga. Yeah, ridiculous. <laughs> Get out of here with that. Um, subscribe on iTunes. Please leave a five star rating and review if you haven't already. Uh, we are reviewing the Royal Rumble this week, but a couple real quick things that I want to mention that will be talked about tonight. Our truth, the new United States champion, Ron Killing, could not Time be out. happier. The reigning defending. Yes, he has def- he, he won it and defended it on Tuesday <laughs> night. Could not be happier. Uh, Dean Ambrose allegedly leaving WWE after his contract expires in April. We will discuss that. Also, last week, I forgot to mention it the three-year anniversary of the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast, so congratulations to us for that, as well as a happy birthday to Eric Trambicki and Becky Lynch. Oh, thanks, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Becky Lynch's birthday, too. I didn't realize she had the same birthday as you. Oh, I'd be realizing. (laughs) She's been texting me crazy all day. I'm sure you did realize. Um, So, real quick, just before we get into any specifics, the Royal Rumble was Sunday evening, uh, Alo, do you know if we have a rating system on this show? Yes, we have a very, we have a nice gentleman that I'm very fond of that introduces that. So here he is, everybody. The following podcast has a rating system in place. If it's a horrible show, it gets a jobber. If the show falls somewhere in the middle, it gets a slower knocker. And if it is an amazing show, it gets the rating of ratings. It will get a showstopper. Okay, we're back. Thank you, Howard. <laughs> he, you know, the generosity of that man at his age to come here once a month to just deliver that just makes me very happy. Howard is very a very gracious man. Um, who wants to start off with their rating for Royal Rumble 2019? Well, I'll modestly, since, you know, it's my birthday, I'll just give it a slobber knocker. Just a, um, I'm sorry, I'm going to give it a showstopper. Um, just because wow. <laughs> Royal Rumble is usually my, my favorite event. A um, few little nitpicks here and there, but 
when you think of the theme of the show, Royal Rumble, two Royal Rumble matches, I felt both matches delivered. So I'm going to give it a showstopper. All right, fair enough, Prep. Yeah, I think I'm going to go a high slobber knocker. I I enjoyed most, if not all, of the show. So, and there were some uh, matches that I might put on the list. So, we'll see. Okay, Alo. Yeah, I'm a ditto with Prep. So with a high slobber knocker. I, um, the only thing I didn't really care for, and you guys can probably convince me, my or. I'll give you guys every chance to convince me otherwise. I did not like the WWE title match. That's just me. I'll, I'll, I'll let you, maybe you guys can convince me otherwise, but I'm going to give it a high slobber knocker. I thought the under the entire card was excellent. I thought the undercard really delivered. I was a big fan of both women's championship matches. Even the, uh, the co-besties winning the tag title. That was a, like a real, <laughs> like that was like an emotional moment, you know, because like we always talk about they don't tell great stories, but that was like an actual great story that they actually told. They kind of told it perfectly. And um, we'll, we'll get to that match. It was something I'll I pop for a huge. I don't think anybody really picked <laughs> up on But um, they want to be uh, so bad. They, yeah. they, they do. But in, in, in one aspect, they outdid us. And I'm very jealous of that. <laughs> but <laughs> I'll get to that later. Carrying those nice blue titles. That's all. Not that trash, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, I thought the undercard delivered both women's title matches. Was it the jerseys? There's something on the jerseys I don't think anybody's going to pay attention to. Co-captains? But, uh, yes, the, like the <laughs> captain patch on the, on the sleeve, but it said co-besties or whatever. Uh, but it was, the, it was the captain patch on like that they have on the NFL jerseys. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that was a really nice touch. <laughs> I, I love that. Like that. Uh, but, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Patch. I'm done. I was a straight slobber knocker. There again, there were matches I really liked on this card, but any match where Brock Lesnar is Universal Champion is already knocking it an entire uh, letter grade. And I agreed that the WWE Championship match, I did not care for it. I thought it was boring. I thought it was too long. Um, and the the Rumble matches themselves had like some good moments. But it was there was nothing like really super memorable. There was nobody. There was no entrance that happened that I was like, "Oh yes," like it didn't excite me the way I hoped it would. And I actually enjoyed my company more than I enjoyed the show. Uh, now I didn't dislike the show, but I didn't think it was anything special. So not not to completely crap on my showstopper rank, mm-hmm. uh, rating, <laughs> like I, I agree both. Uh, world title matches in my opinion were kind of lackluster and it's not because of the the you know Brock Lesnar going in as champion leaving as champion majority of fans were going to hate that so I, I hate that that tarnishes the show so yeah I mean uh, if I thought of it a little more sensi- sensibly I probably wouldn't have given it that showstopper re- uh, ranking but um, I'm sure we'll get to a pass I, I think if you if you think back and you look at at least in the women's division, if you compare last year's Rumble to this one, I think this one, I mean, it didn't have necessarily the surprises, but I thought this, there was a lot of spots-wise that outshined last year's match. Yeah, there, there were good moments. I think probably this one suffered a little bit from the fact that last year was the first one, we were there, and mm-hmm. it probably, like, as far as my emotions are, it didn't, like, reach the same level. So it may not even be the fault of the match itself. It may just be the circumstances 
lead me to, to preferring last year's. Um, and I believe you mentioned that. I don't know if you mentioned that at my house, but I think you may have mentioned that on the air last week. I, but I mentioned it both. Um, so just to start off, Ronda Rousey retains the Raw Women's Championship against Sasha Banks. I personally thought this was Ronda's best match. I thought Sasha was like up to the task of having a great match with Ronda. It was like really hard fought. Um, I was cr- I cringed a few times during this match. Shocking. And after watching uh, a UFC event with Prep two weekends ago, Prep watches MMA the way the way I watch wrestling. <laughs> he's cringing and he's like, oh. Uh. <laughs> so I was like, oh, that's what it that's what it's like to watch a wrestling show with me cringing all the time. Um, but I thought they did a good job of selling how tough of a match this was for Ronda, and I liked that Sasha was so bitter in defeat. Like, she didn't want to shake her hand. She wasn't celebrating with her. She didn't want to get her hand raised by Ronda. She was pissed that she lost, and that was that. Uh, what did you guys think? Am I overrating this match? No, I, I wouldn't think you're overrating it at all. I, it was definitely Ronda's, I would say, it's her best match. The only thing I think you can really compare it with in a high praise would be her mania match but i think that's just because everyone was so impressed by her first match being that good um she also she knew and said on tv and on social media and in dot com exclusives for weeks she knew that was going to be her best match so um no i mean I, I thought the match was extremely enjoyable um it's amazing to see what they're doing with the, with the women divisions right now to your point, the fact that they were billing it like this and hyping it up that much, and we kind of came out of it feeling like it did what they said it would, I think is a, a, it says a lot about how good they actually did. Because usually when your expectations are high, it is harder to live up to them, and they did. Yeah, and if you recall, I mean, Aaron even mentioned that last week. He said, "Do, you, do does anyone think there's a chance that we're – going to be disappointed like we're going to expect too much but like i said in comparison to like seth and dean and not to knock either one of those individuals but both of them have had a match in the past that you expected something out of it and you got less whether it was their fault or the person they were in the ring with so when they were going to go one-on-one you figured it was going to be special you just kind of knew there's been times where you you expected something special from Sasha and she delivered. A couple months go by, they do nothing with her. She's about to have a marquee match. She delivers. She has a big match run Raw. She over delivers. She has a marquee match again months later. She over delivers. So whenever you expect it, she delivers. Yeah, prep. Now you turned to me immediately when that match ended and said you loved it. You thought it was Ronda's best match. Did you? Um did you get a chance to rewatch it? I know you said you wanted to. No, nah, I did not get a chance to rewatch it, but I, I guess that's good because I wanted to keep it like my my initial rating is what I rated it. I do think that is her best match. The only thing I think you can compare it to is the Charlotte match. I thought the Charlotte match it was good, and the only reason this one was better was probably because it had a definitive finish. Yeah, I thought that was I thought that was a good aspect of it. I thought Sasha brought it a little more, I, and they had those little the little video that released last week. I don't know if everyone saw it of her like training at the performance center with Drew Gulak and working yeah. on like her submission defense yeah. and everything. Yeah, and that, I liked, that, that was real good. I liked that a lot of the stuff you could see her doing in the match was stuff you saw her working on in that video. I thought that was kind of a, a nice touch. 
Um, and Alo, what did you think? Yeah, I agree. This was her best match. Well, her best singles match. I'll, the second place singles match I'll put Charlotte. But like Prep said, this actually had a finish, and it wasn't as sloppy as the Charlotte match, even though the Charlotte match had way more physicality. But I thought the match told a great story because with Sasha showing that she is the best. This match had way more technical aspects to it than I thought. Like, I love the whole thing, part of Sasha working on Ronda's hand, like even at one point biting her hand when she was pulling her hand back. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I guess Sasha's a, a Zack Sabre Jr. mark. <laughs> I think you said that during the match, too. <laughs> yeah, I did, too. So um, I, I just like that in there for you and, and, and the listeners. So, um, so, like, I, so, I, so, like, even though I expected a little bit more fat, more bit more of a high spots, the fact that it was more of a technical match didn't take take away from it at all because that just kind of sh- worked with the story and it kind of shows Sasha the best. I do think this match could have been better, but I do think that this match was really really good and this was my match of the night. Uh, it was my match of the night as well. Um, and then in the other women's title match, Asuka tapped out Becky which I think we all knew was ultimately going to happen with the women after that happened. I thought this was a really good match. It was a great opener for the show. Um, I thought an important win for Asuka, and especially considering, like, what followed after that. Obviously, Becky losing the title is what set her up to win the Rumble later on in the evening. Um... Do you guys think that this cements Asuka as a champion a little more, or do you think she's still just, like, definitely behind Charlotte, definitely definitely behind Ronda, definitely behind Becky? Prep? Yeah, but they didn't even, like, go on Tuesday anything about Asuka, so she's clearly in the back seat right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. Does anybody feel like Sasha's, or Asuka is in a good place as the SmackDown Women's Champion, or do you think she is... Just in the rearview mirror at this point. I want to say, I want to say she is because with what they show you on TV, she should be. I mean, I'm sorry. Well, the programming with the pay per view shows you she should be. Obviously, Prep makes the point she wasn't on TV. They didn't discuss it. Um, there's some reporter I don't know who it was. Laffery tweeted something, and I saw the guy's page. He, um, some guy said that. Asuka's not over how she got like a dead reaction from the crowd. I don't recall that, but that does make me a little weary about what they're doing with her. I just think it's tough when who she's going against is like the fan favorite. Yeah. Like it's tough. Another good point. (laughs) And then the first thing that kind of went through my head, like I don't, I think I only really remembered. And as you guys well, no, I I was a little preoccupied during the show, but <laughs> the only the only crowd reactions I recall that's one thing Rumble, to call it <laughs> were, were Rumble entrances. Like I don't really recall people popping for Balor coming out. I don't recall people popping during the pre-show. But and I I credited that to it being in a stadium because you always hear about how in stadiums you know the the noise travels differently. So I didn't think too deeply. Like I didn't want to like give it too much thought when I saw the guy knock Oscar's crowd reaction. I was like, oh, well, it's pr- they're in a stadium. What do they yeah. expect? Yeah. But maybe um, I'm just trying to be her lawyer. I don't know. <laughs> Does anybody? How close do you think the guys think this match was to Sasha and Ronda? I think it was close. Like 
both the women's matches, I think, are women's match of the year contenders. Uh, and they both had, I think, outside the tag title match, I think they both had the best stories because this story was predicated on how Oscar didn't really beat Becky. Ronda cost Becky the title. And it was it, like the face versus face dynamic. They made it work in this in this instance. I thought that the physicality was there and the ending with Oscar flipping over putting the Oscar lock in to put Becky away. I thought that was great. And also the transit, also the part where Oscar was locking in, locking in the disarmer. And then Becky was locking in the Oscar lock mm-hmm. to try to beat him. Like, like they booked this match perfectly because of Oscar not beating Becky and they made both women look strong. And I, I wish they had Becky tap out, tap out, but that, but that was that that, that was their their out on that match. And when I go back to, to go back to the Sasha match. I love the fact that Sasha didn't tap out. Yeah, I, me too. I agree. I agree with what Aaron's saying about the Becky thing. And you know, I've read some stuff for on Twitter, like how much better it would be for her if, say, she were to pass out. But then when Ron starts up the Oscar comment about this cements her more. I guess I kind of I'm more okay with it. Like, all right, Becky taps. This should help Oscar. Yeah, yeah. Oscar needed needed the win, so they did the right thing here. No, no. What do you guys think with this? Like last year, Oscar really didn't say that she was facing Charlotte until what a month after the Rumble. Well, I don't remember, but it wasn't instant. Yeah, it, it was a while. Like, do you think they should like should Becky be staying on SmackDown until you know? Should she be staying there for sixty plus days? Well, this is the thing. Somehow, some way, Charlotte's getting involved in this match. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Somehow, some way. So, I don't know if you guys saw, but it's being it's being advertised for Fastlane and Charlotte, that. Charlotte and Becky one on one. So somehow, some way, Charlotte's getting into this match. Well, on a positive note, they also advertise one on one AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan, and we're not getting that. So hopefully, hard subject to change. You don't know that yet. Trust me, I won't be shocked if we get it. What do you mean? That's not the... Oh, Fastlane is the next. I'm Fastlane's sorry. I'm, I'm, thinking cha- I'm thinking of Chamber. I'm thinking... Of, you're right. Yeah, Prep, you had something you wanted to say? <laughs> Lost it. <laughs> well, yeah, it will heck, piss me... Heck went right in, I forgot. <laughs> it will piss me right off if Charlotte ends up in this match because she's not needed. If anything, she's taking away from what this should be. Like, Becky Lynch, out of nowhere became not just, like, the biggest women's star. She became the biggest thing in wrestling, like, the the most beloved thing in wrestling. All on her own, out of nowhere. Then the thing with Ronda launched to, like, ridiculous heights. And Charlotte is like, you, you don't, be- she doesn't belong in it. This is not her story. This is not her place. So to me, if anything, it's going to take, it's going to, it's going to diminish it if they do that. It, it, it's not necessary um, and obviously we all know that Becky subbed herself in for an injured Lana, ends up winning the Rumble on a bad knee. I thought Becky's performance on Raw was excellent. I and did too. And I have to say, I love that she came right out and she even said, like, I, unlike Seth Rollins, I don't need to take any time. I choose you. Um, and I love that... She, 
I don't know. I love the reaction she got. Like I've said a couple weeks now, is she fading a little bit because they've kind of pulled her back? And I was wrong. Her star has not dimmed like at all. She's exactly as hot right now as she was three weeks ago, two months ago, if not hotter. Uh, the only issue with it is Rhonda is not a very good talker, and they need to limit her talking as much as possible at this point. Oh, that was rough. <laughs> that was real bad having Bailey come out to yeah, save her. Yeah, Vince had to say, send Bailey out there to save her. Yikes. And Bailey's not even that good of a talker, so it was like, <laughs> man, this is rough. Yeah, but if anything, that proves that Becky Lynch is like truly the top dog. And I don't know. Is there a chance that Charlotte's involvement is only like for something before WrestleMania? No, she's <laughs> she's going to be involved before and at WrestleMania. That's the report. The report's supposed to be that she's going to be in the match. Yes. Yeah, like that that was the plan all along. Yeah, Pash, I know you don't want it, but she's going to be in this match whether you like it or not. Yeah, it's stupid. <laughs> It, it's just dumb, and you know what? I'll get to, we'll get to that when we talk about Dean Ambrose later. I have a couple. <laughs> I, I I can kind of I have something that mixes that in with Dean Ambrose. Um, I just think it's stupid, and it makes me less excited for it, and makes me want to watch it less. Uh, I don't know. Do, are you guys ready to talk about Seth winning the uh, the men's rumble? Can I just add mm-hmm. that Eck did win? The women's Royal Rumble pool. He did. Because he had number 2019 <laughs> Matt Madness. <laughs> he should have had Lana. He ended up with Becky Lynch. And, you know, we good, did all the research. Early birthday present. <laughs> we did all the research. <laughs> we did do all the research. And uh, there was no, there were some in the crowd trying to say he didn't really win. But we couldn't find any loopholes, so Eck did eventually hold up as the winner. Well, well uh, I just remember waking up. I was like, "Cash is still in my pocket." Uh, <laughs> well, let's not let's not leave out the most important detail. He burned the number twenty-eight <laughs> when Lana came out. That's true. That's, that's, that's well this is one thing about Lana. Before she got to Ray Little, <laughs> might I just add? Before we actually get to the men's rumble. The fact that number 10 comes out, I say, hey, who has number 10? (laughs) The whole time I had number 10, which was Seth Rollins, and I ended up winning. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of knew you were going to win as soon as Seth came out. I don't know why. There was a lot of talk about Galloway uh, and Braun. I I thought for sure Seth was winning. Um does the fact that Seth won mean that Triple H won a battle over Vince? Yes. And I think that was just think, the plan all along. So you don't think there was really a battle between Vince and Triple H over Drew and Seth? You think it was just this is the guy to do it? Unless you're buying into Dean Ambrose promos, then no. <laughs> and, and I'm not. Um, again, I didn't think a lot in the way of like surprises. Um, do you, now thinking thinking back to that night, I had a problem with it, but now I'm like, oh, that's good. They don't need to rely on surprises because their talent roster is ridiculous. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a good way to look at it. Like, if you only have, like, 18 viable guys, you're going to end up with 12 lackluster guys coming out, or you have to rely on bringing back guys from the past. So I do think that's a good way to look at it. Um, What did you guys think of Nia Jax stealing the 30th spot from R-Truth, and what did you think about her spending about four or five minutes in the actual Royal Rumble? I like I'll take it. this first. I um, I was kind of annoyed at first, but the fact that she was in there for a while and got ran on, I, I thought it was hilarious. I <laughs> loved it. So you like seeing her take the RKO and everything? Well, I, I like that, and I also I, – I, I, that was hilarious, but I also like when – you know, Orton was set off for the six one nine, and I was like, "Oh, that's cool! Like, you know, she's gonna work with him, and she just flatlined <laughs> them right out." I, I I popped for that. I was like, "Okay, like, you know, I'm not not a big fan of her, but this is funny." And then it, the more and more it continued, I was like, "This is great." I think all the heat on social media from it was stupid, but that's me. It is stupid. Um, Prep, what did you like about it? You just thought it was cool that they let her do it. I just thought it was a, a cool spot, you know, and if you're going to use any woman, it, it had to be her. And it's not like, like, I'm not trying to see girls get chair shots to the head from other men. I'm not trying to see nothing crazy like that. But like, what about I can, table spot? I could, I could deal with this. Like it's, I saw like a media outlet saying how oh, WWE is promoting domestic violence. <laughs> but a month ago you were saying about the, the, uh, it's not fair that men can't face women. Like, it's so stupid. There's right, such like, a- it's not a real women's revolution if there's not intergender wrestling. And then they do it, and it's like, oh, no, you shouldn't do that. They're, like uh, I said, these idiots are pissed no matter what. I hate the world. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. I, I loved it. Because um, there was a report going on early in the day that there was, there was a surprise for the men's rumble, but they weren't sure if they were going to do it yet. And they didn't know how people would take it, and that's one way to do it. And yeah. like I said, like like Prep was just saying, the world is so sensitive now, and people don't know what the hell they want. They'll say one thing one minute, and then the next something else the next. Like they're fake woke, and they went further than I thought. I didn't expect Randy to actually RKO her. Like like Randy Orton actually made me happy for one, <laughs> a long time. But, well, yeah, like because they teased it. And he didn't get it, and you thought, okay, they're not going to do it. And then he did it, and it was like, oh, they really did do it. And then the, the fact, then the fact that she actually eliminated people that made it a big deal to me. Oh yeah, like she didn't just go in. There and for I nothing. popped another thing about Randy uh, when Mustafa Ali came, comes out on SmackDown. Didn't you just get eliminated by a girl? <laughs> <laughs> um. So. Nia got into the Rumble match because she took out R-Truth. Him getting taken out of the 30th spot that he earned in the Mixed Match Challenge earned him a United States Championship match on SmackDown against Nakamura. Now, first things first, R-Truth is the only one capable of pulling a good match out of Shinsuke Nakamura in 2018 and 19. Second, he defeats Shinsuke Nakamura in shocking fashion, then retains the title against Rusev. Uh, I just want to say, one, this guy, I'm not even talking about R-Truth on the TV show. I'm talking about Ron Killings earned this by being (laughs) 
by being unbelievably over with the fans, by being just fun to watch and one of the most consistently entertaining performers on the roster. And who knew that Truth calling out Carmella to end up getting a title shot by pinning her would end up creating something that was this much fun? Like, who could have seen that coming? That they, like, because I think these two are so much fun to watch together. Like, it's such a weird. Alo, you talk a lot about the like strange bedfellows thing. Like, this is obviously a pairing you would have never expected to see, and it works. It's it's very fun. I think both of them are thriving with this tandem. Yeah, and like the whole opposites attract thing, and like the balance that they show each other. Like, he's always so serious, but. What he's saying is wrong, and and it's you know he's making a joke about it, and she's playing the straight man about it. It's really fun, and it, it works. And I talked about this all the time. When sometimes they uh, they paired him with they paired Truth with Eve Torres for a short bit, but God, they had no chemistry. It was completely horrible. It didn't work. But this their chemistry, it was. <laughs> but Truth and Carmela's chemistry is perfect. Like I can't wait for him to come out with the title. Our truth is having a hell of a weekend. <laughs> yes, he is. He performs at Bellator, <laughs> you know, prominent spot, Rumble weekend, and then wins a title. And he had maybe the best line of dialogue in months when he said, one minute I was rapping, next minute I was napping. <laughs> <laughs> and and not, to take, not to take anything away from our truth but one thing I enjoyed during his match against Shinsuke on SmackDown um, is kind of like what Aaron said about Lashley and Leo, despite how bad Lashley may be, it's cool to see Leo with the IC title. Mm -hmm. I mean, the United States title looked great in Carmella's hand during that match. Yeah. 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 I, I really enjoyed it. Like I said, I really, like a lot of people may look at this as like, why did they do this? Or like this is, Clearly, this is a joke to make us laugh for a couple weeks. I really think that this man earned it. Like, the work he has done for the last, most of the last year has been better than almost anyone else on the roster. Hey, you know, this, this may be a perfect definition of this is too good for us, but <laughs> we got, you know, Shinsuke had the title for how many months and defended it twice. So this is a perfect time to play hot potato with the title, switch it around. It changed hand on the pre-show. Like I, I missed it because I was busy hosting. You guys yeah. were just arriving. Da da da. Let's eat. And I didn't even know the title changed until number three during the Rumble match. I'm like, wait a minute, he won. Didn't realize that. Then you get the title changed two days later. I was like, oh, that's cool. Then he's defending it. I'm like, oh, is it really going to go right back to Rusev? Um, it's making the United States Championship actually interesting. And again, this could be just a one week thing. I hope it's not. But that belt has been more interesting this past week than it's been in over a year. Agreed. What's up, Prep? Yeah, also, like, we say this about certain people on the roster, but, like, Truth might be that guy now where WWE is like, this guy has worked, he doesn't complain, he does what he's told, let's throw him a bone. You know, we see the same thing with Heath Slater. Heath Slater, you know, first SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Remember that time he pinned Seth Rollins? You know, he has he has his spots where he gets his time, and Truth might be that guy. And, and you figure leading up to Mania, the story is being told right now to do the same thing with Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins. 
Yeah, um, I'm re- really happy for him. I loved the like dot com stuff they did after he had won. I loved seeing like the little photo shoot they did with him with with the belt. Uh, just did he call it the Intercontinental Title yet? I don't think so. So maybe we'll get that next week. Uh, if he did, I didn't notice it. Um, I, I will. No, I want him to. Cru- I want him to call it the Cruiserweight Title. <laughs> remember that bit he did backstage a few weeks yeah. ago? <laughs> I do. Yeah, I, I really think it's great. I'm happy. What are you calling it. me, fat? <laughs> <laughs> and like the only guy to get a good match out of Nakamura, he's the only guy that could resurrect the United States Championship. So I'm glad they did it. Um, now, obviously, Seth Rollins wins the Rumble. He has not chosen a WrestleMania opponent yet. He did get his ass kicked by Brock on Raw. I don't really have anything else that I feel like we need to discuss with that. But Dean Ambrose... Oh, go ahead, Prep. No, 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 you're good. Go okay. Ahead. Dean Ambrose, the story comes out that he is not returning after his contract is up in April. Uh, I don't know exactly what everyone else's thoughts are. We haven't really talked about it. To me, this is huge, like, solely because I sympathize and empathize with people not being happy working there. Um, also because WWE is clearly shook by the idea that people could decide to leave. And it seems like maybe it is starting. Like, maybe whatever their fears are, are starting to come true. Now, Prep, I'm pretty sure you maybe feel differently than the rest of us. Do you want to give your thoughts first, or do you want to let Eck and Alo give theirs first? So my my main thought, one, I totally understand why this guy's walking away. You know, you're you're paid like a top guy. That's cool and all, but if you're not creatively fulfilled, you're not going to be happy, and that's what's going on with him allegedly. But my for some reason, I have this feeling that. You know, once he leaves, he's not going to be a guy who wants to work the indies. I think he's just going to be done with it. So you think he's leaving because he's done with wrestling? I think he's leaving just because he's done with wrestling. I mean, he's done a movie, you know, like maybe maybe he wants to pursue other career opportunities. I mean, my first thought was, does he is he does he want to go to AEW? But I'm like, I don't really necessarily associate him with like being boys with Cody or anything. As well as, like, I just see him, This we see this pattern with, like, guys who, like, get injured. Like, they get so happy with that life, you know, being at home. And then when they come back, it's like they don't really want to be there. And he's just, like, taking a stand and leaving. Yeah, I agree. That's, that's, a, good, that's a good point. Um, I think the first thing my mind was trying to do was like, think about kind of like his expressions when he first came back and like where, where you saw him on the card before he got injured. Like they were resurrecting the shield before he got injured. He was tag team champions with Seth Rollins. He had to do those house shows with triple H filling in for Roman. He, he did the stuff with Kurt and like you could, you could, in my opinion, and we all know, I'm, I mean, for all the loyal listeners, I'm the biggest Dean Ambrose fan on the panel. So, you know, I was always a fan of him. I always saw the good in all his work, but he definitely seemed like he enjoyed what he was at least doing while he was out there. But from having that bad match <clears throat> at TLC, the crowd crapping on him, uh, probably not being booked where I would think he wants to be. 
I mean, naturally, I think the first thing anyone should think is, you know, this guy, when they did the brand split, he was the WWE champion. For as long as he's been on Raw, he's never been in the universal title picture at all. I don't even know if he's ever been in, like, a qualifying match for it even. So when you already were there two and a half, three years ago at the top, like, he's only been down for so long. Yeah. Ayla, what are your uh, feelings on it? Well, to piggyback off Prep said, I agree wholeheartedly. Like, I don't think I don't think he'll wrestle when he leaves. I don't like. Of course, going to AEW would be a big deal because he'll be the first one that actually leaves WWE and goes immediately to AEW. He'll be the first one. But I don't like like Prep said. I don't think he'll want to wrestle now. There are things I, like I would love. I think he will fit perfect in Impact, but in in a program with Sammy Callahan. I, I, I think that would be really fun, but I don't think he would go to Impact. X but, tag team partners. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I don't like, I said, like when he leaves. I don't really. Um, R- Richie kind of hit on this when we watched after the Rumble went off air about how everybody's been here too long, and when Ambrose leaves, I don't think he'll really be missed. Now the st- now the, the, the Ambrose stands, they'll miss him and stuff, but. It's not. It's not nothing against him. It's just the fact that he's been there for what he's been on WWE roster for what seven to eight years, and for the last seven to eight years, we've seen the same thing. And it's but so much time you can see the same thing. And at the same time, his peak was what maybe me personally. I think his peak was from 2014 uh, to 2015. That 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 was his peak. By himself, not not including the Shield, and in all, and especially in all sports, especially wrestling, everybody kind of has their peak. But at certain times, you have to evolve. Ambrose never really evolved and stuff. Like the only person I can actually say that had a long peak, but was Triple H. But he but he evolved. Austin's peak was ninety seven and ninety nine, but we got that year without him because he was hurt in two thousand. And The Rock he left for Hollywood at, when his at, right after his peak had just ended. So it's nothing because Dean Ambrose. It's just the fact that he's been there for so long. Nothing. No, he's he's still wrestling Dolph Ziggler <laughs> almost every other week. Not doing anything important. And the one thing about WWE roster, it's too it's too it's too crowded. And no matter what, you're going to see the same thing. Is and like every time he had something big going on, it never kind of, it never quite panned out. It's not always his fault. Like the whole Brock versus Dean at WrestleMania thing. If you go back and listen to those shows, we were in love with that whole thing. Mm-hmm. It could be a big deal. But in around 2016, that's when WWE they started to change the way they did business did business and how they booked their shows, and, and they became even more commercial if you can actually believe that, because that's when Brock was going to the UFC. And that's when you started seeing, uh, like, like, I said earlier, Charlotte, Charlotte was thrown, thrown in there as like, here, this is the face of the women's revolution. And that's WWE. They started doing business a lot differently than what they, they're accustomed to. So there's plenty of talent. Dean Ambrose should have like rose to the occasion and marquee wins could have made him, made him a bigger star, but they just did not So, his peak was that little 2014 and 2015 period for me, but I don't think he'll really be missed at all. I, I agree with that. And it's yeah, again, it's not his fault. It's like they anything he did, we got excited about. Two weeks later, it wasn't worth being excited about anymore. And yeah. like you said, they have so many guys. It's not like they need any one person. Uh, but for me, 
I've as a guy who has wasted a lot of his life doing things he didn't want to do at jobs he didn't want to be at. Uh, I'm happy to see somebody make the decision of you know what I'm done now. Yeah, and a lot of times like when he cuts these promos, like like even when he was a face, like they had him cutting those little those little jokes and stuff. It wasn't funny sometimes. Yeah, sometimes was a lot of a little corny sometimes. Yeah, but. You could all, always watch that there's like there's like something else in there that he wants to say and do, but he actually can't do. And what he can't do may actually made what he wanted, what he had to do better. Like even with his uh, promos with Seth this past um, few months ago when he turned heel. Like after that that whole Roman promo, that's when it went downhill because a lot of people got sensitive to the fact mm-hmm. that like, oh, you really gonna say that and like some of the pros you go see him back pacing back and forth and there was like certain things he wanted to say but he just couldn't say it so like you can see it's in there but they just want to let him do if it. he could have came a little harder with it it would have been a little more yeah effective yeah. yeah like as soon as it started they like pulled it back and i could see getting discouraged by it yeah but I, I mean I, I mean as far as like the script and like what he's allowed to say and can't say because you can tell when he's out there that there's things that he wants to say and do but he can't do it because they won't allow him to do it by the way I'll be the first to admit I'll you know uh, what is it April his contract ends May June July hey look he's not in a ring anywhere hey I'll admit I'm wrong but um, past to when this segment began, you mentioned you don't really see him as someone that's like boys with Cody. Him and Jericho are boys. Uh, yeah, well, I guess any two guys that would do that, whatever the hell that, and what the hell was that stupid match called? Any two guys like, that would do the asylum match together, I hope Mitch. would be good friends. Yeah. Jericho um, says on his show all the time. Ambrose is like one of his closest guys that's on the active roster. How fun he is in the ring, how funny is outside of the ring, how do you like to text, how do you like to go out together? So maybe that maybe there's a chance is what you're saying. Always yeah, and, a chance. Yeah, and and that would be like a real big deal if AEW got Dean Ambrose speak because he'll be the first one since AEW's been announced to actually defect. Yeah, and that that's ultimately what I would love to see happen. Um so I don't have anything really to say about AJ versus Daniel Bryan other than I thought it was way too long and I didn't yes. care and I didn't see what Eric Rowan has to do with anything. Um I don't know, I don't know. I'd rather talk about what happened on SmackDown the next night. Does anybody have any thoughts on that match? My favorite part of <clears throat> SmackDown because the, yeah, the match was whatever. My favorite part of SmackDown was Samoa Joe. <laughs> Excellent. Oh my God! The way he runs down everybody in that ring, how he popped everybody when he said the whole thing about even Jeff Hardy couldn't keep a straight face. <laughs> Randy Randy Orton kept turning to the crowd. Yeah, Randy Randy fell over like he was doing uh, DDP yoga. So like I died when That's Joe it. said, you know, whatever he said, like Jeff, like I took you out weeks ago. I don't even know what you're doing here. I like I laughed just at that, and then he followed it up with "pretend this is an AA meeting and wait until I'm done addressing the group or whatever it was." I like that said, killed like, me. Let me let me share my story or yeah. something like that. Like <laughs> I was rolling. That was so good. It was excellent. And then him saying to AJ, "You know how's our old girl Wendy doing?" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so good. Like, and I don't know what was funnier. 
just him saying old girl Wendy or that he called her our old girl Wendy. It was excellent. The whole thing is so good. He's he's the best. Like he's one of the most so underrated guys in wrestling, I think. And one of the most underused and undervalued. But the way he said it, it was just so casual. It was so great. Oh, awesome. And I gotta give it up for the uh the hemp title belt. It it's really? awesome. I love it. I think it's so funny. I love that they how well they did it. Like I'm shocked that it turned out looking as much like the actual WWE championship as it does. Yeah, I was I, like when they were, you know, when I saw the bag, I was like, all right, it's coming, it's coming. I didn't think it was going to be that size. Like, I thought it was going to be smaller. I was think anticipating it be like the size of a wing eagle, like a smaller main plate. But I enjoyed it. The the buckle, I think, are Velcro straps. Is is cool. The uh, the wood like if you look at the detailed pictures <laughs> yes! of it, it is so good. Like it the is. little the green <laughs> part in the it, they're like stones, like mm-hmm. mosaic. It, it's crazy. Yeah, like I, I don't know t- if they're uh, I can't remember what it's called. Like if it's like turquoise, I'm not sure what it is. <laughs> it's, it's turquoise. <laughs> like Native Valentina. American rings. If you ask Valentina, it's blue because I had two <laughs> memes of the belt saved on my phone, and I was scrolling through my pictures, and she's like. Why is that belt blue? <laughs> I just started popping. Like, oh, I can't even explain. The fact it to that you. it's a fabric strap and it has wooden plates, I, I, they really—that's one of the things I give them high praise for—is how impeccably they made that hemp and wood belt. I, I think it's great. As good as that was, I lost it. When Eric Rowan's music hit, and all you see <laughs> yes. is his name, <laughs> the recycling <laughs> logo, as the O. See, I yeah, only right. I only saw that, so I didn't see the whole thing. Eck said to me, or Eck texted in the group chat, like, I know Pash popped when he heard that music. So I ran back. Uh, so I don't have cable still, so I ha- I'm using a PlayStation View account to watch those shows. So I had it just running. I didn't DVR it, so when I went back, I could only rewind so far. So I didn't see them all come out. I saw, um, I think I might have saw Jeff come out and saw Ali come out, and then I saw Joe come out. When I saw Joe come out, I was like, all right, I'm pretty sure that's what Eck was referring to. It wasn't? Nope. Randy? No. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I knew it was one of those two. If I'm correct, someone can correct me here. It was AJ was out there and AJ's running down Daniel for um, for like throwing the title in the trash. Yeah. They have a little bit of an exchange. Orton's music goes, and before Orton can say a word, makes it halfway down commercial. And then, if I'm correct, by the time the commercial's up, Hardy's in the ring, and probably who else is out there? A couple other guys are out there. You missed the entrances during it. Um, I, I was texting because I was like, oh, I'm sure you're going to enjoy this now that Randy's <laughs> getting inserted into this. I'll be honest, it, despite anyone's fandom, I was actually hoping, well, like, because you can never really tell what Orton is right now because he does have his fans. I was hoping, if anything, they would have just kept the promo to the belt and if he would have just came out instead of instead of being the typical, I'm in line next for the belt, I'm in line for, for the next for the belt, it would have been better if they just brought out the former champions and said, can't do this to the belt. You can't do this. Or even if you brought out people that haven't held it, like you can't do that for, to the thing that I want the most. That's why I have this job. Or Randy, it's 2019. You're the next in line to be not here anymore. <laughs> I have he was part of the one... alumni that came out in the room. <laughs> I have one problem 
with this belt. And it's not that it took so long. No, this isn't my original take. I heard this earlier and I'm like, damn, this is so right. So when he drops this belt, how are you going to feel when Samoa Joe is holding it up as his first title win? Yeah, I I don't know. I, I, I thought that, too, to be honest. Like, it'll be weird when somebody wins it. But but then on Tuesday they'll come. They'll back be like out a, a with, ceremony where they they do like the, they have it out on the table and everything. They'll definitely like break the wood, right? Like it has Probably, to be yeah. something like somebody will break that thing because it's yeah. actually breakable. It has to be hard to travel with. I'm sure. Um, Brock and Ballard, does anybody really actually, want to talk about uh, it's that? It's probably easier. It's not going to set off a metal detector. <laughs> yeah, you can actually wear it through <laughs> security. Um, I don't know if we really need to talk much about Brock and Balor. I'll just say this. It was 10 minutes. It was short and sweet. It was what it needed to be. But what it really, needs, me to to be, what it really needs to be is over. Brock needs to not be the champion anymore. I thought, I thought it was perfect besides Brock winning. Yeah, like it, it, was, it was quick. Uh, I thought uh, Finn looked really good in the match. He um, won losing. Yeah, so for that it was fine, but like I'm just so over it. I don't want to be talking about Brock Lesnar anymore. I don't want to watch him anymore. I just want to be done with it. Well, before we go any other direction, can we stay on the Brock topic for a minute and talk about the ending of Raw and that promo? Sure. Am I the only one that thought this was scattered and terribly executed? No. I think universally, no, no pun intended, I think universally people thought that. I don't know if this was something Prep was going to bring up earlier because we brought up um, something to do with either Brock or Raw, but I, I, I don't know. It made no sense. You had this segment with Daniel Bryan in the back. Um, I thought, if anything, Rollins should have called out Brock at the end of the Rumble. He should have did it the first thing on Raw. It shouldn't. There should have been no hesitation. He's been calling him out in promos for so long, and then he just comes out. You know, Brock just goes right out. Rollins runs right up to him. And Rollins gets annihilated. Yeah. I mean, it's literally like they just stabbed stabbed someone's tire. The air's out. I mean, that talk about a deflating way to end Raw. Yeah, like this guy. Well, and he didn't even get to choose Brock yet, right? Quote, unquote. Uh, no, I mean, quote, unquote, no. But, I mean, he uh, the, the Twitter account said that he did afterwards. I mean, it only makes sense. Look, I honestly don't even care what they do in the lead-up to this. Like, I don't care how bad it is. I don't care if it's good. All I care about is if Seth Rollins is the champion on Monday. <laughs> like, shows up to Raw as the champion. The Raw after Mania. Uh, but, yeah, no, I thought I thought it was scattered. I thought it sucked. I thought it was not good, and I did think it was a letdown. And, I, honestly, I think anything Brock is involved in is, for me, going to be a letdown. I'm just sick of it. Um, there was a chance, there was a, a minute where I think we thought Finn might be winning. Prep even said, like, oh, Pash, you might be watching Raw tomorrow. <laughs> Thankfully for my time, uh, Brock did win, and I didn't have to watch Raw on Monday. But I promise the second Brock is not the champion anymore, I will sit down and watch an entire episode of Raw. This um, may be fantasy booking, but due to his fandom of Rollins, what do you think about the chances of um, DC uh, accompanying him to the ring? Would love that. Oh, my God. That would be amazing. I'm so glad you brought that up. 
I just literally marked out on our own podcast. <laughs> yeah, I would I would absolutely love it if they had DC come out with them. That would be great. Um, so the the co besties defeat the bar. I really did think the match was enjoyable. Shane, as always, outperformed what he should be able to do physically at this point in his life. Uh, I loved the segment they did on SmackDown. It was like a very emotional. Shane actually, I feel like, legit got emotional doing that segment with The Miz on Tuesday night. I feel like that wasn't acting. Um, Yeah, so first things first. Well, the two things I'll ask you guys can go around. What did you guys think of the match? And, like, are there any rumors about where this is going? I'll I'll go first to keep it short and sweet. Um, I've been trying to avoid rumors, so I don't really know where this is going. Um, But I enjoyed it. I I said last week, Shane's the guy to get me invested in the Miz. Um, I'm happy to see Shane with a title. The match was good. Mm -hmm. The Miz Uh, actually was committed to wearing the jersey through the match. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Who are they facing next? The Usos. The Usos, that's right. Um, That's solid. Yeah, it is. Uh, Alo, your thoughts? Yeah, I thought the match was good. And like, like I said in my review of the show earlier, they stuck to the story. This is probably one of the best stories they told in a while. That, that was actually the, This is actually the one good thing they, they got out of doing Crown Jewel was this was this story between Shane and, and the Miz. It's like, like I said, like the, the whole baseball jersey is fantastic. Shane always outperforms himself. And like I said, the, seg- the segment on SmackDown – Octo was excellent because the Miz kind of made the story personal a few weeks ago when he said it was about his dad. And mm-hmm. then the fact that Shane actually reached out and got his dad on the show with the baseball jersey. What a friend. Yeah, it was. I really did think it was great. And like I said, I felt like Shane legitimately was emotional during that segment. Like he was getting choked up as he was talking. Um, Prep, you said you liked the match. Do you like these guys as a pairing going forward? I do, and I'm I'm really excited to see how this like who turns, how it works, because it's clearly going there, right? Yeah, and you know what else I love about it is like the Miz has been such an egotistical dickhead for like how long now, and the fact that this is something he's actually like legitimately emotionally invested in, I think is really funny. Like, like his 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 cold heart has actually warmed over <laughs> in recent weeks, and he actually no, likes I- it. I know you weren't watching live, but was I the only one that almost saw? And it doesn't make sense because they just won the belts. But I kept wondering. I was thinking Shane was going to turn on him during the celebration. I thought that. I thought that too. And then it just kind of, at a certain point, I was like, all right, this is really where they're going with it. It it was similar to how I felt when Samoa Joe and Finn won the first um, Dusty Rhodes Classic, where I thought, Joe was going to destroy Finn, and it was like, okay, they're allowing this moment to be like a nice moment with the Rhodes family. It was kind of kind of played out similarly to that for me. Um, I have nothing else that I feel like needs to be talked about from either the pay-per-view or Raw or SmackDown. Um, I figure we could give a few minutes to being the elite, if you guys want. Uh, I love that the Young Bucks are going to indie shows still. I love the way that they address the crowd. Uh, the idea of Cody being obsessed with MJF, I think, is hysterical. And um, what is the countdown to? 
Um, Kenny Omega announcing that he's going to AEW. Is that like official? It's pretty much a lock. It's the countdown is to it's his cell phone, and it is to the their next press conference for Double or Nothing. And does anybody else love Cody wearing the Jacksonville Jaguars jacket? Because <laughs> I think that's amazing. Yeah, I, I sent you guys a text the other day. Cody in a suit is greater than homage in a suit. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that. Um, Didn't you love Brandy Rhodes? Like yes. the way she was. Uh, oh, you're yes. saying like, you see my rack? <laughs> She's like, you, you've looked at me, right? And he's like, yeah, I've seen you naked. <laughs> <laughs> and does anybody else love that Cody has this love affair with MJF? Yes, I think it's hysterical. Uh, the best part is like um, the salt of the earth. Mm-hmm. MJF like, is like I, such a kiss ass. Yeah, it's like um, it's kind of like the Rugrats. How um, Angelica would be so sweet to the parents, but treat the babies like crap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and in, a second, in a second, Cody r- r- goes away. He's just a, like a dickhead, and I fucking love. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I, I think it's excellent that they did that. Um, obviously, I was sad that he wasn't on this episode. Yeah, me too. Obviously, this week not quite uh, didn't quite hit the high notes of last week, but I did think it was it was a fun. 21 minutes to watch. Um, Did you peep the line that Joey said about uh, him signing any contract? Yes, I did. He was like, <laughs> you know that I'll never look at a contract and I'll sign it. <laughs> yeah. And didn't they say, oh, you're signed for life with Lucha Underground? With or Lucha Underground. Yeah, those, those contracts were ridiculous. <laughs> I think that was great, too. Um, was he, is he really signed for, signed for like a long period of time? Well, most most of those guys are like that's the only reason why uh, Penta and Phoenix didn't sign with WWE when they were supposed to. Like when that was the big rumor last year, that uh, MLW was like, "Oh, they're under contract with us," but those contracts everybody gets out of. It's the Lucha Underground contracts that nobody's getting out of. Gotcha. Hmm. Um, so so is, is Johnny Johnny Mundos working Impact and Lucha or yeah yeah they're Lucha? they're allowed to work everywhere but um, WWE okay so and that's like the weird thing with them they're they're allowed to work Lucha Underground or they're allowed to work Impact but they they do have people in that Lucha Underground roster that are complaining that they have nowhere else to go but they're just not exploring that I or I don't know if they don't want to be booked there or what it is. I feel like to be an indie wrestler, like if you want to get work, it's not that hard. Like all you got to do is put yourself out there. Yeah, there's so many shows. I mean, my God, you're gonna find some place to get booked. Yeah, there's so many promotions that like around us. Like I'm sure there's a promotion in Westchester that X never even heard of that runs like every Friday at the VFW Hall that Mike ah. Day is in attendance for right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Throwing chairs I, into the ring. Bumping bump into chairs. <laughs> I wish. That would explain where these indie inquiries come from. <laughs> I, I, wonder, I wonder if MVP's there. <laughs> Probably. Oh. MVP's at all the damn indie shows. MVP goes wherever Mike Day goes. <laughs> um, so I have a Ronnie versus the world that I was going to do last week. I didn't because we were like close to an hour and 40 minutes and I was like, ah, I'm not going to extend this any longer. Uh, it is about Bianca Belair, um, who had a title match at takeover Phoenix. 
Now, I've said for a couple months now that she is like one of the only things I'm investi- invested in in pro wrestling. Um, and I've made it a point to watch everything she's done leading up to take over Phoenix. And I think everything she's done has been great. Her promos have been really good. Her interviews have been really good. I loved that in-ring segment that she had with Shayna Baszler two weeks ago. Um, the Fatal 4-Way match was good. I really enjoyed her match with Nikki Cross in uh, Nikki Cross's last match at NXT. And I thought her match with Shayna Baszler at TakeOver Phoenix topped all of it. I thought she looked like she belonged. She has a character. She has a look. Uh, she did something that almost nobody else accomplishes under the WWE banner anymore, and that is that she got sympathy in her match. Uh, Like, I felt bad when she lost immediately, and then within a minute I was like, oh, that was a great performance for her, and people are actually really invested in her now. I was moved enough by that performance that I actually made an Instagram post about it, and I haven't posted anything about wrestling on my social media in months. Um, What I posted was a note from September of 2017, the first time I watched her, saying she's going to be a star. And it seemed like on Saturday night, the wrestling community at large has fully accepted that she is a star. And there's something even more important than the match to me about her. And everybody may roll their eyes with this point, with this part of it, but whatever, this is my time and I'll say what I want. Um... I don't know if anybody remembers the Who is Bianca Belair vignette they did back in like April or May when they were first really putting her on TV. But she did this whole thing about how she comes from a family of significance. Like she was she was born to be great. Like greatness is in her DNA. And she talked about her great-grandfather being like the first African-American electrician in the state of North Carolina and her grandfather having like a master's and PhD and like organic chemistry or something like that. And I think it's amazing to see that company portray a black woman in that way. Um, Cause a lot, I think a lot of people have a certain image in mind of what the black experience is in our country, but there isn't just one experience. And I love that her real life has been used with her character. And I think it's showing something very different. Unfortunately, I think WWE will ultimately not play it out the way that it could be played out. But I think she's very talented. I think she's really creative. She makes all her own ring gear. And I think she can be right up there with all of the best women in the business right now. Alo? Does does the black experience include Christmas parties in January? <laughs> it does not. That is a that is the white experience. experience. <laughs> so no, that is not part of the black experience. Um, oh, I know. I, I just had to make it clear. Yes, but no. I, like uh, to me, that's a really important part of her. Like, if you remember Sasha coming up, Sasha's ratchet was like a big part of what people thought of her. I think this idea that she comes from like a family of really smart, intelligent, successful people, and she's following in their footsteps. To me personally, that is like, I think that's a really big deal. And that it makes me happy to see her get to a prominent place because you don't see that story really being told as often as it should. Um, so I don't know. That was kind of all I had to say about that. I'm very happy with how successful that she has been so far. And that it seems like, they are really invested in making her a big deal based on the fact that like Triple H even came out and said after the show, Bianca Belair showed that she's a star. Like, 
Guess what, uh, Triple? I said that a year and a half ago. So, but I'm, I'm happy that she's gotten there. Well, 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 well Pash, Hamish did sign her. So <laughs> that's true. And, and, and I'm I'm doing this on purpose. Mm-hmm. I want you to attack Sam Roberts from mm. what he said about Bianca Belair on the pre-show. So I saw the Sam Roberts thing, and I saw he's getting a lot of heat about it. If anyone thinks he said that seriously, like, come on. He is not a good actor. And I could tell that he, it was scripted for him to say. And really? Yeah. I just think he didn't know what the hell to say. The way he, he really said it, it was very, real. to me, it was very poor acting. Like, it's it's not, I mean, uh, it's like, dude, come on. Do a I, just don't think he, I don't think he really had any thoughts. Because, like, Mark Henry went, went off on him on Busted Open, I heard. I did see that he did that. I think he was put up to saying that. I think he did a poor job executing it. And I think the fact that Triple H addressed it after the fact. I mean, if anything, though, it solidifies what they see in her. If they would, look, maybe they didn't. And maybe I'm just being overcritical of Sam being a terrible actor. But well, he's terrible at, at everything. At everything he does. Like, Doink like, Ambrose. <laughs> yeah, yeah he, does, he, he, doesn't even don- he doesn't even donate to toy drives. Right, Pro- yeah, he's got Ludwig Borgo with nine fingers. <laughs> Pro- you heard me? Yo, you guys are the biggest Hawkins fans now. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I just think if they're willing to, to put Sam Roberts in the middle of it and say somebody talk trash about her, it tells you that they have big plans for her if they're trying to like create a story out of her or if the fact that Triple H addressed it even if it wasn't done on purpose. Um, but no, like I'm excited for what her future is. Her theme song, I believe, is called Watch Me Shine, and I will continue to watch her shine under the WWE banner. Um, yeah, Sam Roberts, whatever. That dude su- does suck at everything he does. And if that is his real opinion, I'm glad he was proved wrong because – Sam Roberts, you know nothing. You're uninteresting. You're unintelligent. You're boring. You're unentertaining. And you might want to pick up. You hear your hair sucks. Your beard sucks. And you may want to pick up an application and fill it out because you, of course, can get this work. I haven't said that in a while, but I would, (laughs) I would wreck Sam Roberts if I ever got the chance. Yeah, that that needed a return. Twenty-seven Jump Street. (laughs) Um. All right, so any other thoughts on TakeOver? Because I literally only watched the one match. I haven't finished it yet. Yeah, uh, I didn't I, have a chance. I watched it, but I kind of like had it on in the background. It seemed good. TakeOver is always good. It just didn't seem amazing. Um, Pastor, if you're going to watch it in your entirety, the main takeaway for me to you should be you should be sold on Kyle O'Reilly by now. No, I'm not. <laughs> well, you haven't watched it yet. I haven't, and I, and I won't. <laughs> I, I literally saw all I needed to see on TakeOver Phoenix. Um, wow. Yeah, I just don't care about that guy. Uh, Prep, how much of it do you think you watched? Um, I don't think he's awake. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> I literally watched him fall asleep as I asked. (laughs) Okay. All right. So no more thoughts on NXT Takeover Phoenix. That's that's his thoughts. He's asleep on it. (laughs) So Pash's indie inquiry. Uh, 
who wants to intro this segment this week? Yeah, I got you. Uh, so from Pro Wrestling Eve, we have Killer Kelly versus Kaylee Ray. Uh, does anybody want to go first, or you want me to go first? I'll go first. I okay. have. I have nothing to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go first. Nothing. I have nothing to say. <laughs> it was a match. Not, not, nothing special happened. Nothing noteworthy to me. Um, I'll, I'll, I will say this. I kind of hinted at this about 10 minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think there's a VFW in Westchester hosting an indie wrestling show. Um, yeah, I highly doubt it in Chester County at all. Um <laughs> But I do want to find one of these like dive bars, real small indie shows in Philly or somewhere close to Philly, because the, I do wonder where the hell these like venues are. Like the the guy in front row isn't in front row; he's leaning or in the apron. Like the crowd is in the ring. It's crazy. Super uh, small yeah. venues. Oh yeah, very small. I noticed the one cameraman in the back that kind of looked like Tom Green, which I thought was funny. Um, yeah, very small venue. At the one point, they were on the top rope and they were like right up against the screen that was up there. Um, so I actually did enjoy aspects of it. Um, I liked when they got going. I really thought that the crowd responded to it. I enjoyed the chop-off they had on each other's chests, and I thought both of them showed a lot of personality throughout the match. So I enjoyed, like, the performance aspects of it, like Killer Kelly putting in the mouth guard, and everybody knows she's about to go crazy. Uh, The spider suplex obviously freaked me out off the the top turnbuckle. Um, I would say that this was not in, like, my top half of the ones we've reviewed, but I did enjoy it, and it definitely wasn't at the bottom. Um... And definitely better than the Zack Sabre Jr. match, I thought. I was more entertained by this one. Um, Prep, had you seen this match before you chose it? So I was on a kick, like, watching some Killer Kelly matches. And, I mean, I just wanted to... This was more to highlight her and then how cool Pro Wrestling Eve looked. Mm -hmm. Like... That venue's awesome. I like that aesthetic. And Kaylee Ray was someone who was in the first May Young Classic who who I've kind of missed. You know, she signed that World of Sport contract, and we haven't seen her here in the States, but word on the street is her and Viper are going to WWE UK pretty soon. Oh, wow. Yeah. As far as the match goes, like Alo said, it was a match. It wasn't. It wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. It was just there. Uh, my my main takeaway is the same thing I've said since I've seen her the first time. I love Killer Kelly. Her strikes, they look really good. She has, like, her character pretty down-packed. Um, I, I wouldn't change much about her. I agree. I, I Actually, I saw, like, character aspects in both of them. Like, you could see... There was entertainment value in both people. The one point when they were chopping each other on the chest and Kaylee Ray goes over and gets the bottle of water. And she's like, that, it hurts. And she takes the bottle, she takes a sip and then hands it to Killer Kelly like, you, you take a sip too. I thought that was funny. Um, so yeah, you're, you're right. It wasn't like a barn burner of a match, but like 
if I was at a show and I saw that match, I would have enjoyed it. And I see something in both of them that this is something they could be successful at for a long time. Um, so I enjoyed it. And do we have a selection for next week? Yeah, so next week, from we're going back to that hot indie impact wrestling. Okay. <laughs> we're going to watch OVE versus The Rascals, which is Trey Miguel, Desmond Xavier, and Zachary Wentz. All right. Well, I look forward to watching it. Um, any final thoughts anyone has before we close it out? Happy nope. birthday to you, Eck. Happy belated Appreciate birthday you. to low down because you are a part of this network, so we wanted to say that to you. Oh, by the way, uh listen Happy to Lowdown Day. <laughs> How is everybody's lowdown day? So that's what I was waiting for. Uh Donovan, my lowdown day was fantastic, as every lowdown day is. Uh my lowdown day was so good I wore it in sh- a shirt inspired by the lowdown. <laughs> yeah, so lowdown, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you, Eck. Happy birthday to Becky Lynch. Uh, happy three-year anniversary to you guys for us making it three full years as the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. Um, yeah, I guess that's it. Joel Embiid, it's been three years. Come and trust the process with us. Uh, LeBron, come and sit on the throne on Matt Madness. It's been three years. We've been inviting you for well over two. Uh, check out your boy Elroy. Uh, new episodes drop every Friday. Um, Prep, anything you want to say about your boy Elroy? This week's show should be a lot of fun, so make sure you tune in. Today's Thursday when you're listening to us. It'll be up first thing Friday morning, and you guys are all welcome to send questions over. We'd love to talk about your questions. If you like MMA, check out your boy Elroy. And on behalf of my birthday and the three-year anniversary, (laughs) if you've already left us a five-star review... Make a fake email account and give us another one. <laughs> That's there a birthday to gift it. to X. Come on. Bring go. one back. Bring one back. Come on. Anniversary gift, birthday gift. We'll take them both. I think I think it's a beautiful idea, Eck. I'm glad you suggested it. Um, so that is the show. Uh, that is Royal Rumble 2019. We are officially on the road to oh, WrestleMania. One more question. I've got uh, – we had a question from Raul. Okay. I didn't want to forget because he might come after me or something. Yeah. You, know, you know he's something. You're in his good side at the moment. Okay, good. <laughs> okay, good. All right, so. Oh, time out. For the listeners that were wondering because they heard last week, um, Vince McMahon changed the booking and rescheduled the match. That's why we don't we didn't have that for the reveal. Yeah, oh, yeah. Prep versus. Raul, Raul is, yeah. is, is hmm. at the chamber. It's at the chamber. It's not in the chamber. It's at the chamber. Let's just say that that punk flaked. <laughs> I made it to the ring. He didn't. I'll so break the fourth wall. Forward. I don't care. <laughs> All right. So his question is, if you drink two five-hour energies at the same time, would you have double energy for five hours or ten hours of energy? <laughs> I logically, I don't know, but logically <laughs> thinking, Raul, uh, and thank you for the question. I believe you would get double the energy for five hours. I, I don't. I think it's more fast acting than long lasting. So I think you'll yeah. reap the benefits now as opposed to later. Five hour energies are for freaking punks who don't show up to matches. <laughs> Drink coffee like a real man. <laughs> 
Oh man, I don't drink coffee. That one hurt. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're a special breed. Although maybe that's because I don't need any caffeine for anything. Either that, or you're just drinking that green tea. <laughs> no, I don't drink tea either. All night, that, pa- that, all night, pash. That yellow fever you have. <laughs> So that's where you're going with that. <laughs> I, I didn't pick up what you were laying down at first, but now now I do. Uh, yes. So everybody's in agreement, five-hour energy. If you take two, it gives you double energy for five hours and not yep. energy for ten. Or a heart attack. Yeah, <laughs> one, one or the other. Raul, I hope that helps you. Um, so now that has been the show. Uh, for Ek2Fly, Eric Trembicki. For Preptagon Jr., Josh Prep Igina. For Mr. Sleepies. <laughs> yeah. For Mr. Wednesday Night Live, we call him Alo. The ladies call him Balo, Aaron Lloyd. I am Ron Pashery Jr., and we will see Please you. Please say to Jr. I am Ron Pashery Jr., and we will see you next week. Got him now, put him down right now, hit him with the palm handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist of Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man, man, I hate my balls. Shut the mystery man, it ain't shake the land off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.